Oh, sorry, I better take off the mask. How are you? Welcome to Talking Dressage. My name is Harry Lee, but my friends call me when they need to borrow money. Um, they just call me in the middle of the night, um, just asking for loans, and I'm more than happy to take their family homes. Oh, I do have the best fans. I do have the best radio fans in Southeast Queensland, and they have the very best radio hosts. I'm joined in the studio with a very special guest and an even more special friend. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> With even more special needs. It's Lucinda <laughs> McAfee. How are you? Hi, not bad yourself. Lovely. I, I, did, I did bring a prop tonight. Did I think you? I might be interested in this book. Oh, that's fun. Um, what would is you it? like to read the title of that book for the, our people at home? Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> How to Talk to Absolutely Anyone. Confident communication for work, life, and relationships. There's one takeaway from this book. Yeah, what's what's the tips that you've learned from it? Sometimes with, with any great self-help book or any great factual book whatsoever, mm-hmm. you can boil it down to one sentence. Right. And that's what I'm going to tell you tonight after this very quick musical <laughs> interlude. Do not go anywhere. I, I'm going to summarise. Here's a six-minute instrumental. <laughs> and let's just pretend that the book is a lot bigger than it is. Uh-huh, this is yeah. this book weighs about seven kilos. Yeah. It's Why 2,000 don't you go pages. Flip through the book. It's flip the old the testament of how to talk to absolutely anyone. Yeah. And uh, we'll just flick through yeah. all the pages. Yeah, a lot of pages it's in there. Still yeah. flipping through all of them. Yeah, it's still um, going. And I'll flip through the rest after yeah. this brief musical <laughs> interlude. Um, but I can boil it down to one sentence, and I am incredibly excited Me to, too. to tell you. I'm on the edge of my that, seat. But in the meantime. Shake that thing, miss. Can I, can I shake that thing, miss? And I better shake that thing, yeah. Donna, donna, Jordi and Rebecca. As foreshadowed, how to talk to absolutely anyone, confident communication for work, life, and relationships. Um, <laughs> it's got every tip, every single Once conversation style that you can possibly think of. I'll just look to a random page here. It says, how good's the pavlova? I'll yeah. just look to another <laughs> random page here. <laughs> hey, guys, have you got a plunger? Um, <laughs> now, if I can summarize this in one sentence, it yes. is... Oh, God, I've actually forgotten. Oh, my God. We had the musical break and then I forgot. Damn it. Oh, my God, I'm actually so sorry. <laughs> If, yeah. you're, if you're just walking in the street and you go, hey, nice shoelaces, bro. Yeah, people would think you're weird. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But if you're both drunk in a pub, it's sort of a more socially acceptable platform mm-hmm. on which to say, nice shoelaces, bro. Yeah. Even if they're shitty shoelaces. Uh-huh. Um, you it's don't like want to say shitty bathroom. shoelaces, otherwise you get freaking clocked yeah. over the chore. Yeah. But yeah, next to the urinal and someone just springs around and go, hey, mate, what's your name? You go, you're peeing <laughs> on me. <laughs> yes. Now for the one... Sentence summary of the book. Okay. After this very short musical interlude. Shake that thing, Miss Canna Canna. We're going to be waiting the whole show for this, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, here it is. Okay. When you talk to strangers, what you actually say Mm. does not need to be entertaining or interesting or funny. Okay. And what this does is, it have to be? It needs to be anything. Because we live, quite sadly, in a world these days where merely engaging with a stranger in conversation is of itself interesting and memorable. Yeah, actually, that is a very good point. Like, if you're at the traffic lights and you just turn to the person next to you and said, man, I wish it was green. Yeah. I mean, that's... Like, if you were with a friend and you said that, your friend would be like, they probably wouldn't even gratify you with a response. Mm-hmm. If it's a stranger... All of a sudden, it's like exciting. It's like, wow, this random person I've never before. Yeah. Also wants the, the pedestrian light to go green. And it is a memorable incident. And, and you might not run home and, and go, and, you know, as you pull the doona over you in bed and go, hey, honey. Yeah, what is it? 
It's 2 a.m. What is it? Yeah. I'm just thinking about something that happened today. <laughs> yeah, well... Honey, it's 2 a.m. What was it? Like, there was a guy, and he... Like, at the lights. And he was like, wish it was going to go green. No one's ever, like, said that before. <laughs> I mean, like, it's not... It's not yeah, no, it's but not I get It's not that interesting. Mm. But little moments like that just make people feel good. Because it's like, oh, there's someone out there who's just nice. Yes. And, and someone else has to go... <laughs> yes, And I then know. look away. Oh. <laughs> And what if, what if you're in the yeah. Marathon building and, mm-hmm. and that you're at level two mm. and you got to get to the penthouse mm-hmm. and someone gets in and goes, 20 people, how do they fit all those in there? Better be yeah. a party. <laughs> and then you have to ride. And he's going to the sub penthouse. He's going to the sub yeah. penthouse. <laughs> so for 15 minutes, I have to go. Mm. <laughs> 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 ah, yes, it's my stop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, this is me. Hey, mate, we're, we're, we're midway up. Just out the window. <laughs> out of the building. <laughs> How to talk to absolutely anyone. Uh-huh. Say absolutely anything. Yeah. Except bomb jokes at airports. Um, True. Unless you want to talk to some people with, the, with their hands up your ass. Are you the type of person who, when you walk past someone, like on a, on a bushwalk or a walk, you'll say hello or something like I that? I give the, the, the verbal equivalent of the one finger salute. You know when you're driving in the country and you just put one finger. There you go. What there are you, you like? Uh, there you go. Well, yeah. it, it's it's so Aussie. One person asks a question, another person asks the same question back, yeah. and then you, you just never talk again. There you go. So there true. you go. <laughs> but you both acknowledged each other. Now we've got a text in from Terry from Balimba. He says, "Thanks, Harry. I'm at a funeral. It's pretty boring. Thanks for getting me through this boring funeral." Um, with some of those rad tunes. Keep those rad tunes coming. Thanks, Terry from Belimba. We'll keep those rad tunes coming. Hopefully that funeral wraps up pretty soon. This is... Shake that thing, Miss Canna Canna. I hear a lot of people, that they come up to me and they say, Oh, Harry. God, I love Emma Watson. I always watch the Harry Potters, but I'm so in love with Emma Watson. Gosh darn it. And you're saying, oh, it's going to be an impossible to ever marry Emma Watson because she's self-partnered. I saw it on Entertainment Tonight. Emma Watson has self-partnered. She has rejected the uh, very ancient and also very current um, concept of finding a sexual partner in life. She's self-partnered. What I'm saying is, if you can somehow... Uh, manipulate manipulate your way into a situation where you're, say, sitting next to Emma Watson on a train. might take a a bit of handy work to figure out that situation when Emma Watson is going to be on a public train and you're going to be uh, sitting next to her and just sort of strike up a conversation about how you're self-partnered as well, right? I'm not saying go and self-partner. I'm saying just when you're sitting next to Emma Watson on a train, pretend you are self-partnered and start talking to Emma Watson about how you're self-partnered and, you know, what's it, what's your experience been like being self-partnered? And you're talking to Emma Watson, all of a sudden you, 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 you're talking about how good being self-partnered is, all the benefits of being self-partnered. I got a one-bedroom flat, all right? When I, when I walk into the bathroom and I see a big poo, a big shit in the toilet, I'm not like, oh, who was that? I'm like, I know it was me. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't get angry about it. I go, oh, whoops, that was me. Like, that's one of the best parts about being self-partnered is that if I walk into the into the shower and there's just a poo, like, stuck in the drain, half-stamped down, and I go, wait, who was that? I go, wait, it must have been me. And then I know it was me, and I don't go accusing other people. The other benefit is you can get a smart car, and no one's going to be in the passenger seat to tell you, 
oh my god you have a smart car why are you such a loser you just sort of in your smart car and you're just blocking out the haters you just wind up the windows and block out the haters other great parts about being self-partnered is that you can actually um you can sleep in a cupboard so if you learn to sleep standing up there's not gonna be anyone there going uh like because you're not bringing anyone home from the nightclubs and going well this is where the magic happens and you're just holding open like a broom closet um in the kitchen and they're going, that's a broom closet. And there's a broom in there. So I don't even think you're going to fit. You simply remove the broom, you get in, and there's no one there to go, I'm not getting in there because there's no one there. And even if they were there, they're not getting in there. Do you know what I mean? So you get the cupboard all to yourself. But these are the great benefits of, of being self-partnered. Just learn how to um, sleep standing up in a broom closet. And all of a sudden, Balumbo Shamanaka, you are self-partnered. And so you're sitting next to Emma Watson and you're like, oh, being self-partnered is so awesome. She's like, it is awesome. Oh my God, finally someone else who understands that self being, being self-partnered is awesome. And then she's telling you all the things she loves about being self-partnered. Then you're like, yeah, those are all so true. Emma Watson, you got the best ideas ever. Your idea of being self-partnered is so great. And then you're starting to sit a bit closer together, talking about being self-partnered, the benefits, how there are no downsides at all whatsoever. In any event, on any planet, in any given time, no downsides to being self-partnered. Even if you have a heart attack in the shower and no one hears you fall at the age of 60, being self-partnered is still awesome. And all of a sudden, you know, Emma Watson's hand is on your inner thigh and you're talking about how being self-partnered and not needing anyone in a sexual way is like very liberating because you're not dependent on anyone. And all of a sudden, Emma Watson is like, like almost lip to lip with you, like very close on this train seat. And then you and Emma Watson go and have three children and you live together and you sleep in the same bed. But, you know, you still sort of work out that you're you're still self-partnered. You just sleep together a lot, right? You're still self-partnered. You just have had four children together. And, and you, you know, it's just a cheaper way of buying a property to just buy it with someone else. Like, But you're still self-partnered because when you go to work, after you get out of the car, from like your other self-partner person who lives with you like dropping you off and then like you kiss them before you get out of the car and then before you you say that other self-partnered person hey you pick me up at 3 30 yeah that sounds great are we, are we still on for dinner tonight yeah i'll drop the kids off at the pool and then we'll pick them up from um auntie joe's and then we'll go to dinner and watch that movie as two self-partnered individuals who just happen to be sitting next to each other in the cinema in the same row of seats blacken my teeth and call me british Paint me blue and call me a ball. Welcome to Talking Dressage with Harry Ravelli on the highly esteemed radio station for Triple Z. Uh, Talking Dressage is, of course, a show where we bring in uh, my creditors one by one and I explain to them how I'll have the money in 24 hours. Baxter, the saxophonist from the Steel Syndicate, I'll have the money in 24 hours. How are you? I'm very well to hear that news, Harry. You better have it to me quick, mate. <laughs> He's serious. Never mess with anyone who wears a suit in a band. You know, they've always they got mafia connections. Anymore. We learnt this from Frank Sinatra. Um, now tell me, you must be so excited. You must be slapping yourself in the face with your own erection because you are playing a show this Sunday. We are. At, at the, the bright side. Exactly. You got it. Sunday sesh. I thought I was going to have to get a, a building approval to, to get an extension to this studio to fit the whole steel syndicate in. Um, but fortunately, it's got the saxophonist. Now, t- oh. tell me, um, how many members are in this band? There's eight members. Eight? I thought last count was seven. Yeah, well, I Someone went away for birth. a bit. 
and I play saxophone and they got a, another saxophone player in, Jamie, and he's a whiz. He plays everything, saxophone, trumpet, keyboard. He's cutting your grass then? Yeah, exactly. Well, he's far better than me, I, I can say. So you become so a he, saxophonist so rather than the saxophonist? Thankfully, they were like, well, Jamie is a gun. We've got to hold on to Jamie. Right. And I was able to come back too and keep my position. So now we're eight. That's good. They welcomed you back. Yeah. Were you worried for a little bit? Like, no, I had I had faith. Were you like charting how what the ticket sales were like? And I'm like, my God, they're selling more tickets after I left. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I was. <laughs> I, I like to look at the Spotify artists chart that, you know. Yeah. But uh, no huge trends saw mm. in the in the intervening period. Jamie lost his fingers in a tragic accident while he was mm. sleeping. How did a sledgehammer happen? fell on his fingers. His second and of of either hand, it had to be his saxophone hand. Yeah, well, <laughs> two hands, you know. Guess we'll have to pay Baxter double. That was the plan. Unfortunately, yeah, it, didn't, it didn't pull off, but yeah. I mean, it's, so the band is the Steel Syndicate, right? Yes. Steel writes the songs. He workshops them by himself. We'll take it from there. He'll say, he'll usually go, oh, the horns, I want you to do this. Do-ba-do-ba-do-ba-do. You know, he doesn't write it out or anything. He'll just, just say it, and then we have to work out what that is. <laughs> and they're always very catchy riffs, and then we take that, put some harmonies on it. People will throw in their own ideas, and that's how the song comes about. Do you feel like you could do Steel's job? No, not at all. kind of sounds easy. Just rock up and go, hey, you go, bow, 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 and you go, well, I guess it would be easy to do, but in the end result, being a good song and not like, just chaos. Some dubstep that's song. The, that's the real mm. skill. And I need artistry. the trumpet to go. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Well, we can try that. Yeah. I mean, many times. <laughs> it's still like, ah, still gets. Yeah, yeah. Right. Rocket oh, can oh, you're a out. Very beautiful high note. <laughs> a lot of energy. If you miss a note, it just presses the button and your chair flips back and you fall into a fiery pit. Exactly. Well, With all the other six renovations. renovations. Yeah. yeah. You ever look at like gig photos and you're like, the Steel Syndicate's been going since the 1990s? Who are all these different saxophonists? <laughs> <laughs> deceased, deceased, deceased. <laughs> I'm just picturing the Incredibles now. Yeah. They're all lost in, under mysterious circumstances. Missing, deceased, <laughs> terminated. Yep. <laughs> you ever like, after a show, you sort of talking to some girls at the bar and you and they're like hey what's the name of that band yeah, and you're like I'm in a uh, committed committed relationship oh you're in a committed relationship of course okay so when you're at the show after the show and you're talking to the girls um <laughs> and they ask what's the name of the band do you just go the baxter syndicate the baxter syndicate the will syndicate yeah no do you think before the invention of the mobile phone people will like slap each other slap each other's hands at the dinner table and go hey no reading your letters at the dinner table I'm sure I'm sure there were some rules like that no reading letters no what else would you do would you stop checking your Just watch piece at the dinner table stop telegraphing <laughs> stop morse coding at the dinner table Roger who are you who are you morse coding over there you saucy bastard <laughs> <laughs> I'll have none of it <laughs> hey, hang on that <laughs> telegraphs my wife Wow, Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! That was so, the <laughs> what does the guy who orders Supreme Pizza and the guy who orders Meat Lovers Pizza, what do they have in common? They both ordered pizza. They both eat the Meat Lovers Pizza. If you guys like had a girl in the group, say if you brought mm -hmm. a girl into Steel Syndicate, mm -hmm. would that be like recreating a nightclub? Like a, a standard everyday nightclub situation <laughs> where he's got n nine guys crowded around like one Do girl at a table. On the dance floor. I guess <laughs> that would be an apt analogy. 
The Steel Syndicate. <laughs> or, the, or the Baxter Syndicate when Steel's gone to the bathroom. Exactly. Ah, oh, well, see that's, see, that's fascinating. But not as, quite as fascinating as this song by The Steel Syndicate called Euphoria. This one's probably mm-hmm. that, well, the one that puts Steel Syndicate on the map. I'd say so. Does this feel like it's a little... It's, I know we talk, we talk about The Steel Syndicate a lot, which is natural because you're here. Yeah. But... It kind of feels like like an episode of, like this is your life with with Ray Martin mm-hmm. and it feels like the Steel Syndicate's like ended like you've broken up. It's like, <laughs> so this is the one that really put you on the map, isn't it? This one what, what got it all no, started? It's, it's only just beginning. <laughs> it's only just beginning. <laughs> Wow. Sign me a sombrero and call me Sanchez. That was the Steel Syndicate of six. What do you call your fans? The Syndicators. Yeah, we don't have a name for them. The Blue Steels? We just, they're just the fans. We call them uh, our friends because they're often our friends. <laughs> <laughs> we call them family friends and close relatives. <laughs> a, yeah, yeah, exactly. That is, that is a core part of the mm. fans. This but. is what Will Baxter does. He rings up Steve. Mm-hmm. He tells Steve, hey, Steve, you got to come on Saturday night. Brian and Jerry are going to be there. And he goes, oh, okay, I'll come then. Yeah. And then he calls up Brian and Jerry and says, guys, you got to be there. Steve's going to be there. Classic play. And then they get there on Saturday night. You're not even there, and it's a warehouse in Northgate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they play. Jose they play Baby accident. Shark twenty five thousand times on repeat. Hey, don't give away the secrets of Saturday <laughs> night. God, put the lotion on the skin. A bit of secrecy, please. <laughs> you got syndicated. Fan art, tribalism. We're, sounds, we're trying baby. to move into that. We've gotten fan art from a you know eight-year-old who I think was just already drawing when we were doing a gig and <laughs> decided to draw us at the gig. But yeah. beautiful. It's a photo of you all dying. There's just, just blood everywhere. <laughs> they drew a picture of the steel syndicate. <laughs> Children's drawings can be dark. <laughs> Very dark. Hey, why are we all underground? Yeah, don't read. <laughs> why are there crosses above hey, us? <laughs> it's all publicity. What is it? <laughs> Good... Bad publicity is good. What's the saying? I, I don't know. Any All, fan art is good art. Any fan art is good art. You're helping me out. Mm. So, racism. That's not that bad, is it? But ra- yeah, racism is like cool. No, the opposite. Testing you. Testing oh, you in your past. I got through it. You'd be amazing how many bands trip up there. 45 minutes into a great interview. Yeah. Racism's cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll do anything yeah, to be cool. Of course. Yeah, I'll agree with whatever you say. About 25 bucks. It's As the great Paul Pisasale once said yeah. down in Ipswich, yeah. that's an offer too good to refuse. Exactly. Um, I don't know why I'm promoting it. It's, it's <laughs> just, you know, it's too... It's selling itself! Too, too good of a deal. You think about buying up all the tickets yourself? I think so. Hold them. Maybe. You're going to short the Do stock. A short squeeze. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we get squeezes. back at these hedge funds. Mm-hmm. These hedge funds need to buy tickets to see the Steel Syndicate because hedge fund investors are known to really love the Steel Syndicate. It's a very liquid market. Yeah. So if we hold all the tickets, mm-hmm. knowing that these hedge fund investors need to see the Steel Syndicate mm-hmm. because they love the band so much, then we can bankrupt all of them. Socialism wins. Two birds, one stone. That is our market, the, uh, the hedge fund managers. So oh my yeah, God. You, can charge a, you can charge a premium for them. I've just checked BBC. Robin Hood mm-hmm. has blocked people from buying tickets to see the Steel Syndicate show on, the, on Sunday. We've got to change the system! <laughs> More triple Z's. By the Steel Syndicate. A song about climate change, because God knows we need one. We love it. What we're doing now, democracy... It's not working. 
We're gonna get on our push bikes. We're gonna sing a Steel Syndicate song. I'm waiting for that day. That would that would be a beautiful moment. Yeah. Is there anything more intimidating than a, a a bathroom shared by only women, where you walk in there and there's just like 19 different face washes? I was thinking of like in a workplace and I thought why would I be walking into the <laughs> I was testing you again yeah uh, I'm like what, what is this this is a male bathroom is just generally filthy but there's a it's very minimal in the product selection it's minimal we got one shampoo body wash conditioner all in one yes not <laughs> too much I guess toothpaste they haven't quite got the four in one going yet well that is the great thing you can do well actually you can do this even if you're just generally like broke and yeah. the, and and someone you know say you bring a bird home after a show, but you're in a relationship. Mm-hmm. So say you bring a girl home after a show, <laughs> and you're <putting> me. <laughs> um, and and they're like, hey, where's like your couch and like stove and stuff? And it's like, oh, I'm a minimalist. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, and if they go into the bathroom and like, hey, I'm not a like, consumerist. Do you not have soap? <laughs> I'm not going to support these big corporations by buying soap, yeah, big soap. shampoo, Ugh. big soap. Big soap. Don't get me started on big soap. We're going to shut down these big soaps. Slippery bastards. You've been a great audience and we've been better hosts. See you next week. And s- Hello. Happy New Year, my loyal followers of Talking Dressage on 4 Z. My God, you look handsome. You've gone to the gym four times in the last two days. My God, you look incredibly starved. It's good to see that for at least the first week you've stuck to all year, all your New Year's resolutions. Of course, Talking Dressage is known for having one of the widest fan bases of um, Southeast Queensland, as in not from a diverse uh, range of ethnicities and viewpoints, just we have a wide um, fan base. They're quite fat um so it's good to see that you have all lost those christmas kilos um contrary to popular belief calories do count at christmas and they have especially counted for you so good to see that you have signed up to the nearest gym into a 12-month contract and hopefully we can get a couple more visits in for the remainder of the year. And so I got into an Uber the other day and uh, the Uber driver turned around as soon as I got in and he said, hello, sir, would you like some mints? And I said, yes, thank you. And I went home and I made a fantastic bolognese with it. Um, organic grass fed as well. Excellent mints. Like two whole chapters of, of Molly Meldrum's autobiography. I'm talking like maybe like one eighth of his entire life story um, was about, you know, his mateship with Elton John and hanging out with Elton John. Ladies and gentlemen at home, how much of Elton John's autobiography do you think was dedicated to his friendship, his indelible bond with Molly Meldrum? It's really important that if you do meet a celebrity and you strike up a conversation like in a plane, like you, you're next to, um, so say, say you're sitting next to Tony Abbott on a, on a flight, you're in business class, so you're in business class, you're sitting next to Tony Abbott on a plane, you're talking to Tony Abbott, you're striking a bit of a friendship, um, the flight attendant comes down the aisle and says, sir, that's not your seat, um, you're actually in, in economy class, do you mind moving? And Tony Abbott says, yeah, sorry about that, I'll just move back there, sorry, I thought I had business class. And then you're like, get out of here, Tony, uh, only I've got business class. 
And uh, and then so you, you get off the plane and you never speak to Tony Abbott again. Tony Abbott never tries to contact you again. And then when you're on radio, you just sort of get on radio and you go, yeah, so I saw that um, a good mate of mine was actually running for prime, the Prime Minister position. Uh, Tony Abbott, he's a good mate of mine. We used to, we used to always catch planes together, me and Tony. Or we, we always would catch up, we'd get on planes together, we'd, um, we'd uh, get in-flight meals together. We always used to do that on the planes. Every time we catch up, we get on a plane and we just eat the, the airplane food and we catch up and then we, we disembark. It's classic. I received a text message the other day that I presumed was a prank from the Chasers War and everything, but it was, in fact, a real text message. It came from one of my second cousins. He texted me saying, this young man goes to uh, Churchy, right, in East Brisbane, the, the, the Church of England school, um, and I get a text message saying, hey, Harry, um... Uh, the boys here at Churchy, we want to raise money for a new rowing shed, and we're hoping if you could have a spare um, amount of money to donate, um, and and uh, at this at this time, so that we can build a new rowing shed. And I thought, holy guacamole! How much are your parents? For a starter, how how many? How much are your parents paying to send you to this school? Um, surely included in that is like a new like wooden building to put freaking rowboats under. Um, first, well, follow up question is, what's wrong with the current rowing shed? Um, Surely it's just like a shed. You put the boats in it. What more do you need? Or do you, do you need like a, a, a rowboat freaking elevator? Um, do you need like an in-house barista for your freaking row shed? And that's the other thing because I went down to uh, Churchy to watch my, one of my second cousins play rugby. They're all there. And um, and they have like a, a coffee cart. And I went up to order a coffee and I said, I'll have the um, the espresso, thanks. And they said, that'll be $3. And I hadn't actually, I mean, I presumed I was going to have to pay. But in that moment, I said, wait, are you trying to tell me all these parents around here who pay like 50 grand a year to send their kid to Churchy, then they go to watch sport at the Oval that they have paid to have mowed and the little coffee cart's going, yeah, $3 for your espresso? Surely that is included in the school fees, one free coffee per game day at Churchy. And I said, well, I simply replied to my cousin's look. I said, I don't have any spare change at the moment to give uh, to you so that you and your churchy mates can um, have that new rowing shed built. But I know some sponsored children in Africa, um, in South Sudan, war-torn South Sudan, um, well, due to it being war-torn, you know, there aren't many, um, you know, clothing stores and H&Ms open at the moment there. So they've probably got a bit of spare change. I mean, you can probably hit them up um, and maybe they might be able to help out with your new rowing shed. I'm sure that if you... Uh, get emotional enough. Maybe like send a picture of yourself crying. Some of these um, South Sudanese um, sponsored children in uh, Africa. Maybe they'll be moved, so moved that they will sell their fattest goat um, and send, transfer very promptly uh, you that money so that you can get that new rowing shed. And just make sure to send a picture of that rowing shed uh, to them to update them of, of the progress. And um, maybe next time one of those South Sudanese orphans in war-torn Africa. Um, next time they're at Churchy, maybe you can shout them a coffee. That'll be it for, Maybe the coffee cart can give them a free coffee. So um, I'm not an anti-capitalist, all right? What I'm trying to get out here, I'm not one of these people who's like kill the rich. I'm not a kill the rich guy, all right? If anything, I'm a kill the poor kind of guy. Um, if you catch me before my morning coffee, I'm very much a kill the poor kind of guy. After my morning coffee, I sort of settle down a bit and I just go, let's just critically injure the poor. Let's just give them a nice little knock over the head with a saucepan. Don't kill them, right? They need to work. Um, so um, that's before my morning decaf. You do not want to catch me before my morning decaf. I tell you what, uh, after the morning I've had, I'm going to need an extra strong decaf, double shot of decaf. Thank you, sir. And I thought they did, I thought this is what 
all good schools and universities do is when they need something done, like they need a new architectural plan for the new quadrangle at the uni, they just give uh, um, architecture students like an assignment saying design a new, like design, like hypothetically design like a hypothetical square for a hypothetical university that looks exactly like this one. Um, and exist in the exact same climate as this one, and you get a, like a credit. They literally make your plans, and so surely you get the the kids at Churchy and just give them an assignment in like design and technology class. So hypothetically design a hypothetical rowing shed for a hypothetical school that is exactly like this one and exists next to a river exactly like the Brisbane River, hypothetically speaking. Um, and then the, the kids for their assignment will just build the rowing shed and then um, you expel them all to hide the evidence that you actually employed um, slave labour. Imagine hearing that scandal on the Courier Mail. Then you'd know you were really... like. It'd be like a War of the Worlds moment where people would be like, oh my God, this can't be real life and you just jump out of an office building where you just open up the Courier Mail headline, slave labour at Churchy. Um, Churchy students employed in slave labour, slave child labour at Churchy um, with the students. You'd just be like, all right, this is not real life. The world's ending. You just leap out of your office building. A lot's been done in music. Yes. You know, we've sort of seen it all almost. You know, we've got a seven-piece band, for example, with horns. That's amazing. But it hasn't all been done yet. There's one jigsaw piece left, Mm -hmm. and that is the Siamese twin folk duo. Oh. How did you think of this? I was just thinking about what's left because I just everything's been done in music. I mean, I feel like every box has been ticked, and I think once we get the Siamese twin duo, mm-hmm. like folk duo, once they release the album, we can go. Oh my God, we and finished that, it. We finished full. music, yep. and then we all we all start doing pottery, and we go to pottery gigs. And we just watch someone do pottery. Do you, do you have an idea what sort of, you know, what style of folk the Siamese twin folk duo would be? Well, it's it's, it's well, be interesting because I think what they bring to the table that other folk duos don't have is maybe one could. Well, one, they can never break up. Um, mm-hmm. We won't ever have any of those Tegan and Sarah situations where Tegan goes off with, you know, away from Sarah, all right? Mm-hmm. Um, so wouldn't that happen with Steel Syndicate? With, like, you've got so many members. Is it like Home Alone where you, you get in the bus to go play Twin Towns and then all of a sudden, wait, where's Baxter? And then you're in New York City in the snow going, <gasps> where's Mom, <laughs> Dad? No, I mean... And she said, well, I've got a podcast now as well. And I said, what's it called? Oh. And she said... Um, I think you told me this. I, yeah, I don't want to name and shame the podcast. I'm not okay. going to name it, all right? Okay. Um, drinks. We'll call it Wednesday Drinks. Okay. Sounds and I was like, fun. oh, what does, what's Wednesday Drinks about? She said, oh, it's where like, a friend and I, she like moved interstate and like we catch up. I said, oh, yeah. And so like, what do you, I mean, what do you mean you catch up? She said, oh, it's, it's a way to like stay accountable with catching up. So oh, they catch fun. up live on air. Yeah, it's fun for for them maybe. <laughs> yeah. um, but but some the- people like hanging out. Like it's it would be as if they were just hanging out with friends. That is it, and that is the beauty of when the Wednesday drinks show. Uh-huh. Because I, I mean, they started listening. Was we're so used to just we, we take we take we take right. We're we're we're, we're capitalists. We want we, we see like a view, and we, we so we go up to the top of you know um, Stanley Terrace in freaking Taringa, and we knock yes. down the house, we build apartments. We want to we want to look at the yes, view. We want to put exactly a big window. Ones. Yes, <laughs> ah, and, like we all just want to make the most. We, we just want to you know what? we just want to freaking root everything. We just want to oh yes, we got a view. I'm gonna build a big tower. Oh, shag this. We, oh this what oh, this nickel underground here. This nickel under this soil. Oh, I root this. We just freaking dig a hole. Like <laughs> this is such an aggressive visual. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Yeah, that's okay. what we do. Okay. We just, we just go through life just rooting everything. Mm-hmm. And for once, maybe it's not about rooting. It's just about listening right. and being a part of something. And that was 
it was I had an epiphany while listening because it was such yeah. a bad podcast. <laughs> but at the, at the same time, mm. it was the greatest podcast and of all time. And you listened to the whole series. And it's the only podcast I've listened to front to back. Yeah, because, well, there you go. I mean, admittedly, I was multitasking. I sort of forgot it was on because it was sort yeah. of like someone behind me was talking because it was so uninteresting. But at the same time, I the feel most like that's interesting. That's what most podcasts are, just background noise. But sometimes they're a bit demanding. They're like, oh, I got a phone text for you, blah, 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 blah. And then you sort of zone out and then you come back in and it's like, and that's why there's three quarters of magnesium in every cup of milk. <laughs> and it's like, what What the hell? I missed the first part. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This is just like, it's not like the bold and the beautiful where you yeah. can the ironing and then you can go exactly you can stop you can go ironing. away for weeks you can Come stop back ironing and go on a round the, the world thing. trip <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you could spend two yeah. years in the Congo and come back yeah. and Brooke and Ridge and are still Ridge, in the same room right <laughs> no Brooke and Ridge got remarried after she probably many married times? someone else and Ridge also married someone else to be fair my god they did age well yeah they are stunning mm, well plastic will do that to they you they always look so sweaty though they do. My God, they look sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> That's what being in the same room oh, for 17 gosh, years does to you. Exactly. <laughs> there mustn't be any windows. <laughs> so sweaty. That's what, geez, you walk out that door, Rich, yeah. you don't come back. I know. There's no door. <laughs> but then he dies and then he comes back. <laughs> yeah, well, that was one of the great... I don't that, think Ridge has died in the show yet. They have, they have massive plot holes, but then they just move on so swiftly. They just get swept under They're the They're like, mud. oh, let's put in a fire. Well, this is what they or do. a plane crash or a death. I, I do admit that I have uh, watched some episodes before. Only because my brother and sister always watched it. Yeah. But then again, I didn't exactly leave the room. You no. know, I could have said stop. You but, You know, I could have stopped. <laughs> but, you know, it, it just it, the, the TV show came on so strong. And I didn't... Uh, uh, and so w- I, I did notice that th- there was this character called Taylor who died in oh, a car okay. crash. Okay. And yep. then two years later, Taylor... Mm. Now played by a different actress. Yes, that's <laughs> Came the back best. and was like, I never died. Of course. Oh, yeah. and everyone at home's like, wait, no, come on. <laughs> yeah. All right, Bond but the they Beautiful. believe it. You've, hit, you've hoodwinked this before, but we are uh, not that stupid. Yeah. And then it's like, hey, you walk out that door, Ridge, you don't come back. It's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, is he going to come back? Like, you just forget. You yeah, mean, we exactly. all move on. Exactly. Oh, everyone wants new music. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a new band with a new song. It's new music. How do people co- keep coming up with names? I don't know. It's it's a bit like coffee shops. They just run out of puns. Mm. Thai restaurants, we run out of puns. We've yeah. got Titanic. Yeah. We've got Bowtie. Wait, how, is there a shop, is there a, um, a restaurant called Titanic? It's all been done. I'm so sorry to inform you. <laughs> this is breaking This is breaking news. I've never <laughs> been to it, but I want to go there. I just got a BBC push notification <laughs> on my phone. Every single... <laughs> Pun for a mm. Thai restaurant has been said. Unfortunately. Um, yeah. I, I, so what they end up doing these days is just um, misspelling words like... Ah, oh, uh, yes. It's this, this place is called coffee, but instead of an FF, it's a PH. Yes. Uh, that is classic. This yeah. is edgy. And it's got a lowercase first letter. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's all lowercase. Yeah. Mm. And the coffee is like really cold. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and we serve it to you upside down. <laughs> yeah. you, you literally can't drink it. <laughs> yeah, so it's all been done. Mm. And so what we're doing now is slowly just shutting all of them down yep. and starting again. Okay. Yeah. We're just going to raise stamp duty and land tax and, and then commercial rent's going to go up and eventually mm. all these little coffee shops, it's going to close down. Yeah, can't afford well, it. Yeah. And then we can start again. We've got the clean slate. We'll just name them all again. Like so the ice age is ended. Puns, then what are people going to call their coffee shops? Well, I think it might get to the point like where they just spell the word backwards. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ah, <laughs> now that's good. Really? Yeah. 
really comes out well. Shreg rub. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like I his love burgers. that place, man. <laughs> <laughs> love those upside down burgers, man. <laughs> I love how they, they really deconstructed the burger. Like they just uh, put, yes. like it comes out as like a really good burger and as you're about to eat it, they just snatch it out of your hand, put it in a blender and pour it on the floor. Yeah. It's so deconstructed. <laughs> I, I can't, I d- can't deal with the word deconstructed in terms of food. Well, let's deconstruct that, Lucy. Why not? Because <laughs> I, I had made like lunch at work one day i think it was a while ago like a it was a salad but um someone came in and was like oh is that a deconstructed taco where does deconstructed end exactly new creation start and food that's just missing ingredients (laughs) exactly yeah like this is all i had in my fridge sorry all i can say is i went through a fat phase (laughs) in uh 2013 Mm-hmm. And there's a massive correlation between what I did in that time period and what I have not done in any other time period of my existence. Right. What's that? Eat multiple toaster sandwiches every day. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I moved in this share house. There was, a, there was a, mm. a, a sandwich toaster. One day, like maybe six months later, I was walking down the hall after a shower and I just remember my housemate is looking at me like he'd seen a ghost. I said, what? He said, Harry, you're fat. <laughs> oh, that's brutal. Like, oh my god! I was like, look in the every time I saw myself in the mirror for like the next ten years, I was like, wait, am I like, am I fat? <laughs> it was a real. It was a, it was an existential crisis. Yeah, because I was like, I miss the same old Harry. <laughs> yeah. I miss the same old Harry. Just eating multiple toasted sandwiches a day and not any different. Still friends with you? He was caught off guard. Yeah, because I, I just. I was Harry, and then yeah. all of a sudden I was Fat Harry. Right. And he'd never seen Fat Harry before. And uh-huh. I didn't even know Fat Harry existed. Uh-huh. And I look back at photos and I go, oh, my God. Right. That is Fat Harry. <laughs> I think I liked Fat Harry. Yeah. I think people liked Fat Harry more. <laughs> right, I'm going to bring him back. He'll be back. Yep. You haven't seen the last of him. <laughs> okay. That's for sure. He'll be back. Happy to surprise your friend again. And one day you'll, I'll just see Lucy walking the street and Lucy will go, <gasps> Lucy, Lucy, is there a leech on me? What is it? <laughs> You're fat! <laughs> <laughs> and you'll just, you'll just comfort me. You're like, uh-huh. I'm sorry, Harry. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> Lucy, Lucy, do you hate me? <laughs> do you hate me? <laughs> That is such a visual, <laughs> your crying face. <laughs> if you use Facebook Marketplace the way I use it, we are not in the business of paying the proper price for anything. This this one uh, this one trip took me out to Wynnum, and uh, on a Friday night last Friday, I had to go out to Wynnum to buy to get to pick up an IKEA table, and um, I picked up of this fellow who was from Peru. He had he was you know he's been here about a year. And it was in very good nick. I must say, this table was in great nick, and it's a, it's a, truly is a compliment to this uh, this particular Peruvian gentleman. And he and we said, look, it's great to be here in Wynnum. And he said, oh, you like Wynnum? And I said, yeah, well, it's good to be here. He said, oh, you, you should go to that bar at the end of the street. I said, yeah, the bar looks pretty good. He said, yeah, you should get, you should get a drink there. And I, get, and I said, you know what? You know what, Mister Peruvian gentleman? I think I will get a drink there. And he said, "Really?" He said, "Yes. Well, you recommend it." He said, "All right. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm kind of, kind of tempted to come along with you. Just wait here. I'm gonna put pants on." And it all happened so quickly. I said, "Wait, what? What the hell?" I just came here to pick up an IKEA table, and I'm just about to put it in my car. And this particular Peruvian gentleman, obviously a very friendly Peruvian gentleman, he he now wants to take me to a bar, and and drink. And so that's what we did. But uh, it turned out. 
you know, as we were having a drink, he said, yeah, because my wife, she sold something uh, last week. And an Irish lady picked it up. And she is at the door and she's doing the deal and she's bought the thing, hands over the money. Then I, you know, I, I, I go out to do something and then I come back and they're still chatting in the doorway. And then they come inside and they chat and now they're like best friends. And all of a sudden it all clicked. He's seen his wife, right, get a new best friend off Facebook Marketplace from this Irish lady coming to pick something up. And then I became so terrified. He was essentially like auditioning me to be his new best friend. He, I was like a like a, a best friend in, in a Venus best friend trap because he had put something up on Marketplace. And this is when it gets, started to get really freaky because, you know, I just rewind about two minutes. And he had the most, he was in such good nick. It was a compliment to this Peruvian gentleman how much uh, good quality and, and undamaged this uh, IKEA table was. That's the thing. I started to get worried that maybe he hadn't even ever really intended on using this table. He'd merely bought it so that he could resell it on Marketplace and meet a potential new best friend. And then it inevitably came. I said, look, have you ever been to West End Markets before? Have you, we were talking about empanadas, you know, a Latin American food. He said, no, I've never been to West End Markets. We should go. He had me on Facebook. And I said, all right, well, I gave him my phone and he added himself on, on using my phone. And I said, all right, this guy's going to message me like tomorrow being like, let's go to the markets, let's do this, let's do that. And I said, look, I just wanted to get an Ikea table. I'm not in the market. If I wanted a new best friend, I would have put it up on Marketplace saying, new best friend needed. Must be able to put up with um, hitting on your long-term girlfriend. Uh, we need to be more transparent. You can't spring this on me. That, that you know, you're just pretending to sell an Ikea table when really you wanted a best friend. And so, you know, I bid him farewell. Yeah, people catch up. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, all well and good. I get in the car, go home. It's been over a week now, and he still hasn't accepted my friend request. <laughs> Absolute plot twist. Um, and maybe it's like Fight Club. I'm going to have a, a massive uh, um, epiphany one day in the shower and go, wait, that was just me at the bar by myself. Um, anyway, the uh, financial story of the century, the EB Games of short... Shorting, the big short of EB Games. So if you've been checking um, CNBC news updates recently, um, a lot of money's being poured into EB Games across all the, the, the hedge funds have tried to short the stock. They just bought millions and millions of dollars worth of EB Games stock. Some guy bought 50 grand worth like a year ago. He's now a billionaire. And But I bought a lot of stock in EB Games today. I'm looking, it's not doing much. I don't know, maybe I've misread something. Um, but this EB Games stuff, if anything, it's going down in value. Um, it goes other way. Sometimes people say, look, if you want to do something, you got to tell everyone you're going to do it because then you're, you're held accountable. But it kind of goes the other way too. Like, for example, if you told your friends, hey guys, I'm going to go to Africa and I'm going to personally breastfeed um, 70 different African orphans, even though I'm a male. And they say, Harry... You are such a good person. That is so charitable. That's so Harry. Like, you're such a nice guy. In fact, because you're going to do that great thing, here's some pie. I have some leftover pie, and I want to give to you because you're a great guy. All of a sudden, you're getting benefits from actually just even saying you're going to do something. And sometimes the benefits of just saying you're going to do something that's really good undermine the need to really do it in the end. For example, telling people you're going to go to, you're going to, go to Africa and you're going to build a hut for um for coney you're going to build a using your own personal feces 
because manure is quite expensive these days. Using your own personal feces, you're going to make a mud hut um, for Coney to, to live in because you agree with his views and you believe that uh, building a child army is a perfect way to curb youth crime, give them a bit of discipline. You know, these youths, they walk around the streets wearing bum bags and, you know, knee-high socks. Well, enlist them in the army. That'll teach them a bit of good. That's I'm all for Coney and his, and his uh, youth army policies. So I'm going to build him a mud hut out of using my own feces. So that's mud, a mud hut. It is a, well and truly, it's a feces hut really, isn't it? And I'm, I'm going to tell my friends, I'm going to go to um, Africa. I'm going to build Coney uh, a, a, a mud hut. There's mud and inverted commas there. Nice, shiny new mud hut. They're going to say, Harry, that's so charitable. Doing your bit to curb youth crime in Africa to help build Coney's child army, to teach them a bit of discipline. And they're going to say, Harry, that's such a good thing that you're doing. You know what? Next round's on me. And then they're going to get me a beer. And then people are going to say, every time they introduce me to one of their mates, they're going to say, hi, this is Harry. I used to introduce him as a bit of a bedwetter, but now I introduce him as Harry, the great bloke who's going to Africa to build Coney a mud hut. And I haven't actually done anything yet. I've just said I've got to do something. So it goes other way sometimes. Bienvenidos al Jardín de los Presentes. And it features Mr. Lachlan Gleaves on the jazz flute. And you don't even see the flute on stage. It just it just comes out of nowhere. You know what the, the, the trouble is? See, I was at a party on Saturday night, mm-hmm. okay? And a guy was playing... What's that thing where you blow it and it's like a keyboard and you hold it? It's like really small, but uh, and you blow into a, it? Um, a melodic? Three! Two, melodica? one, melodica. Yeah, he was playing melodica. I think I've got that wrong, but yeah, I know this what you mean. This guy is so talented. Then uh, he, so they were playing Toto Africa. Mm-hmm. There's a guy on acoustic, guy playing like some bongo drum, and then him on the um, melodica. Was it Al? He was a guy who was I think I should have known his name. And um, it's sort of like this is what happens when you go to uni with someone, you see them a lot, but you never talk to them. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you just see them in some random place, and you've like, had and you both Toto, had two beers each, yeah. and you're like best mates yeah you where do i know you from you're the man it's like yeah you saw me like every day for five years and you never he spoke had to a me shared experience. <laughs> and so he was on the mall like, oh my god this guy is talented mm-hmm. um all of a sudden i'm having i'm having self-esteem issues thinking about this guy mm-hmm. wait now hey. i just chant and be happy Hare krishna 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 um and and so he, he got up to the the a melodica solo to what would have been the keyboard solo in toto africa yep and when he got up to start doing it, everyone got really excited and went, Whoa! Yes! Oh my God, he's going to do it! And we cheered so loudly and for so long that we were like, he, then he sat down again and it was over. Oh. And we missed the whole thing. Oh. And this is what happens with every flute solo. Yeah. You should almost preempt it, like whip it out and then just hold it there and wait for the woohoos to die down and then play it. Present it. Present it. Like the new ball. <laughs> Present it to the stadium. Yes. And then say, okay, everyone, cheer. Let it all out. Now, hush. Flute solo. If you're like me, you see poor people and you go, I wish they weren't poor. And they go, hey, can I have some money? And you go, no. But, but you kind of wish they were not poor. Mm. And it's good to know that if someone steals a bike, they probably need it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's sort of like forced charity. It's almost like get, it's almost like tax. Like <laughs> when it was gone, I said, "Well, I've been taxed <laughs> my bike." <laughs> yeah. It was just you're, you're forced charity. No one like no one from Hamilton is no. coming down going, oh, "I got like a great bike, but I want this one." Yeah, that one looks good. Yeah, I'm gonna just <laughs> nag it. So in a way, done a good thing. Some people are the the glass is always half full. For me, the urine sample is always um, half clean. My, my mate's girlfriend was hanging out with this girl. 
Mm. And they were like friends. I swear to God, they were friends. Okay. Like they were at like at her house. They were there. They were chatting. They were laughing. And then I saw her, and I said, "Lauren, is your friend?" And she said, "Oh yeah." It's your friend. Said, oh, like her? Yeah. You. She was like your friend. And and and. And then, so, so rather than reading the signals, that mm. obviously they weren't maybe friends anymore, maybe something had happened. Right. I go over to the other guy and said, <laughs> You know Lauren. You know Lauren. Lauren, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, maybe. You guys like, are friends. <laughs> you are friends as her. <laughs> hey, you guys. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, nice. Anyway, and that and 19 other great autistic moments from <laughs> that, my autobiography. Um, <laughs> sometimes you just. Get on the bus. The bus driver says something. You're not sure if it was "g'day, mate," top of the morning, or if it was like something about your mum. And you just go, "Well, I'm just going to err on the side of punching you in the face." Um, just so that worst case scenario is you um, insult and disrespect my mother in front of me, and I don't punch you in the face. Like that's the worst case scenario. It's a it's more of a worst case scenario than if you just said "good morning" and I punched you in the face. So. Um, that's another important rule to remember. I think calling off a wedding is one of the most efficient things that someone can do because, look, let's be real. Like, it, the marriage is going to end at some point, all right? Divorce is... You might as well just call it off before the wedding and then save the cost of having the wedding, in, which is, you know, $35,000 for wedding these days. So you might as well go to the night before the wedding and and just pretend that you're booking things. So get one of those uh, like sort of play mobile phones that you, you give like toddlers, you know, like it's made out of plastic, it's hollow, and just sort of hold it up at the dinner table and go, oh, yes, yep, it's booked. Yep, we got the booked. We got a uh, circular key um, at 1 p.m. on Saturday in the middle of spring. That's all booked. And then you just put it down and get back to your, to your macaroni and cheese. And then the night before the wedding, you sort of shake hands with your partner and go, well, we just saved 35 grand between us both. And then you never speak to each other again. And sometimes uh, just meet up in a McDonald's car park, hand over a couple of items and yell at each other. It's just a great way of saving money and just being realistic. Obviously, we, we had fireworks on New Year's Eve at our cousin's farm. And I said, where did you get these? And my cousin said, a bloke called Mad Mick. And, and he said, you'd have to see this bloke to believe him. I did see him. And you, you at home, you're picturing what Mad Mick looks like, this guy who handed over a whole box of illegal fireworks in Western Queensland. And you're picturing what he looks like, and you are absolutely correct. So I'm not one for conspiracy theories, but th I heard one this week that has gained a lot of traction. And that is that um, you might be familiar with the track Impeach the President by uh, the late 60s funk group uh, The Honey Drippers out of the US. And obviously they've been getting a bit, a bit of radio play because it's quite a top, topical song, a bit of a familiar track. But not many people knew that Donald Trump was actually the bassist in The Honey Drippers. And while you think, oh, he's going to be losing a lot of money by not getting his president pension if he's, uh, you know, uh, impeached, well, I have some very sorry news for you because he is absolutely creaming it uh, from the royalties of people playing Impeach the President by the Honey Drippers on community radio stations all across the USA.
up on bass, you play bass. Say what they please about Donald Trump and his misogyny, maybe he's, maybe he's a racist. Look, I don't know the guy that well, all right? Um, but my God, when he picks up the bass guitar, my God, is he funky. What a lot of people don't know about Donald Trump is he's actually a multi-instrument. He doesn't just play the bass. He doesn't just play it hella funky. He actually shreds on the alto saxophone. And so... I cannot wait for his solo record. It's really weird. Um, you, you go around to school sometimes and you ask them what you ask the children what they want to be when they grow up, and someone say like, engineer, or doctor, and then you just have there's always one in every group who's just a little bit cross-eyed, and they go, I want to be a dad, um, or they want to be a mum. And uh, sometimes you get you get a boy who's very cross-eyed, and he'll say, I want to be a mum, but. The, the, the point is, it's like you can, you know, you, you, you can be that and have a job. What if there's someone out there these days, because, you know, I know marriage is becoming a little bit less popular. People, you know, want to have a big lavish wedding and they get a bit socially anxious about having a wedding. So they just go, let's just be life partners. And there are some people who want to be a life partner and but also not have children. So the, the, just as many young boys out there, say, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a boyfriend. And you used to say, I want to be a dad. Maybe these days, maybe you're just saying, I want to be a boyfriend. I want to be a boyfriend when I grow up. I want to be a girlfriend when I grow up. So, great stuff. One of the the, the things that people probably miss the most about traveling at the moment is that you used to go around to places and I know you'd be in Romania and you go to a shop and be like, hey, mate, can I have one of those sosos? And the man will look at you and go, you Aussie? And go, yeah, yeah, mate, I'm Australian. Can I have one of those sosos? And he goes, oh! I love Australians. And when you're in Australia, you never hear this. I love Australians. Like, you go down to the new, like the news agency in, in Newstead to buy a, a scratchy, and you go, G'day, mate, how are you? Yeah, good. One of the scratchies. I love Australians. It's just, we, we need to hear more. Maybe we need more enthusiasm from, from our, our own peoples. Americano. And you're, no, no, Australiano. They go, oh, I love Aussies. That's when you have to pull up. You go, you love Aussies. Because, of course, it's racist to just say, oh, you know, where are you from? Norway. Oh, I hate Norwegians. It's like, whoa, geez, you can't say that about, you can't say that about all the Norwegians. I mean, you can't make those sort of generalizations about Norwegian people. There might be a couple of good ones um, that aren't just ripping you off with their exorbitant uh, currency. Um, but so I think you also need to pull up people when they say, look, I love. I love all Aussies. Well, okay. So even Martin Bryant, even Roger Rogerson, uh, you, you love those guys too. They're Aussies. And um, you love Ivan Myatt? I love Aussies that don't freaking chop people up in the woods and bury their bodies. Potentially even more than we're even aware of or he was ever charged with the murder of. Next time you're at a hostel and someone says that, just say, I'm just going to stop you there um, and fact check you. Do you actually love... Roger Rogerson, the crooked cop who murdered Jamie Gow in a drug deal gone wrong in 2015. You love Roger Rogerson? No, well, I guess I don't. No. Okay, well, you, well you, love, you love most Aussies, potentially. But how many have you met? 
Yes. So, yes, well, welcome to Talking Dressage, the show that makes you uh, say, hey, mate, can you turn the radio off? Uh, um, I Speaking of which, I was uh, shopping for chicken, okay? I was going to buy some chicken, okay, from a supermarket, and I saw that there was a packet of chicken that was RSPCA approved. Are you trying to tell me that RSPCA is approving and encouraging the slaughtering of chickens? Like, are you trying to tell me that the that RSPCA have, like, given up so entirely on saving animals that they have lowered their threshold to, like, yeah, look, we killed the, the thing really quickly. We just, like, with one blow to the axe and then another few after that until it stopped pulsating and then and then we finally put it out of its misery. I don't know. Maybe the RSP, people at the RSPCA did really like chicken. Uh, we have to draw a line somewhere. Like, yeah, look, I'm anti-meat as much as the next skinny person, but chicken just tastes really bloody good. Or maybe this, they just hate chickens. Maybe someone, the, the, the president of the RSPCA, Mr. John RSPCA, he, um, he was one day bitten on the hand by a chicken or something and it was like, you know what? I draw the line here. I'm not saving you lot anymore. After all the things I've done for you and you freaking pecked me on the hand, you, as a species, I done for. You will never work in this city again. Don't you know who you pecked? You pecked Mr. John William RSPCA. Um, made it made with honey, and so he he'd found some bees and he'd done this, and um, out of nowhere, uh, he started telling a story. He had a bit of mead, and he it, there was absolutely no segue to this story whatsoever. But he started saying that he used to have a housemate when he lived in Toowoomba, and his name was Matt. And now Matt was quite fat, um, and so they called him Fat Matt. And now Fat Matt had this little party trick, and it, it wasn't much of a party starter. It was probably more of a party killer sort of party trick. But what he would do is whenever he needed to fart, he would uh, promptly undo his trousers, uh, lower them, and expose his buttocks, spread his cheeks apart, and then fart. In front, in, uh, in front of the people and everyone would scream and go, oh, Fat Matt, you're terrible. Fat Matt, you bastard, you sordid, dirty old man. And so Fat Matt would go about doing this and everything was going very well in Fat Matt's life and in the lives of others who, who were nearby him except when he was doing the Fat Matt party trick. But then one fateful day, it was like September 11, you know, a beautiful blue sky. It's sort of one of those days where you wake up and you go, isn't life perfect? And But you also get that unsettling feeling that, that you, you know life is never perfect. So when you have a perfect day, you know something's going to go wrong. And this is exactly what transpired. Fat Matt stood up. He felt a little bit gaseous. And forgetting the old adage since time immemorial, the, the message, you know, written in the fingerprints of ancient caves in central Australia, never trust a fart. And Fat Matt promptly undid his trousers in this living room, pulled them down, spread his cheeks apart, and did the Fat Matt party trick, and promptly sprayed the walls with his own diarrhea. And I can tell you, ladies and gentlemen, hand on heart, that Fat Matt uh, never did his party trick again. Um, and he was never the same again. I can tell you, the people who saw it that day, they were never the same again either. But we were the land of the free. Last time we spoke, us Queenslanders... We were in the land of the free. And now, you know, we're, we're wearing uh, masks in cars. If you were half as angry as I was, you would have shot half as many um, endangered parrots with your BB gun over the summer. My God, I'm angry. 
And more importantly, we're wearing condoms at all times under our trousers just in case we accidentally have sex without our knowledge while asleep in a locked house. Um, so, and, and also, we're all going to be wearing uh, fireproof uh, hazmat suits just in case Krakatoa erupts out of nowhere. Um, so, thank you to our uh, brave and fearless leader, Anastasia.